Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Twist Out Cancer's Brushes with Cancer Spotlights. I'm Lindsay, and today we are talking with Naima Thomas and Inspiration Wendy Santana, who are participating in the 2023 Brushes with Cancer Chicago program, which includes participants from 14 states and six countries. We'll talk about their involvement with Twist Out Cancer, how they became participants in the Brushes with Cancer program, and how their connection unfolded and developed and what they continue carrying with them from their experience together. Hi, I'm Wendy, Wendy Santana, and I'm a brain cancer survivor. Hi, my name is Naima Thomas, and I'm a visual artist, and I primarily work with digital illustration and pen. Wow, okay. So I guess I'm... Wondering, first, Wendy, can you take me a little bit through your cancer journey and I guess from the beginning, like how did you find out? Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I was a workaholic and I was very stressed out. I was an executive director at a nonprofit and I wasn't feeling well for quite a while. I went to my doctor a few times and I just didn't even know what to, how to describe the way that I felt. I described it as my overall quality of life just wasn't good. Obviously nothing came of that except for, yeah, nothing really came of that appointment. But a week or so later, I was lying in bed with my son. We were reading. It was two weeks before his ninth birthday and I had a grand mal seizure that's how it was discovered. I didn't, I did not know what was happening. I thought I was dying. Mm. Uh, I basically froze in a fetal position. I could think, but I couldn't speak or move. And uh, because I remember willing myself to move and to speak and I couldn't. So I thought I was dying and I was just like, please God, not here, not now not like this, not in my son's bed. Mm. Um, that was at that moment, the worst thing I could imagine. Cause I, I didn't want it to ruin his life. Mm. So, um, my son fortunately noticed that something was wrong and he called out for help. And one thing led to another and the paramedics came when they sat me up, I threw up all over his room. That's what he tells me. I don't remember. And They took me to a local community hospital. And by the time we got there, I was in and out of consciousness. But by the time we got there, I pushed out the word stroke. And and that led to a CT scan. Then they noticed that there was a mass. Then I got transferred to a larger hospital, our local hospital, where they did more MRIs and saw that I did indeed have a mass in my brain. They thought it was malignant. And so a few days later, they did a biopsy and confirmed it was what they thought it was. And then we were told I need a brain surgery the next day. And wow. (laughs) But this whole time, I was relieved because I didn't die in my son's bed. I was out of it. it. It wasn't registering at all. I just wanted to get whatever it was. I wanted to get it out and just go back to work and go on with my life. Wow. Fortunately, my my husband um, did not go along with that because they wanted to operate the very next day. 
And he pushed to get me into UCLA. Mm. Uh, we also went somewhere else for a second opinion. And UCLA was the third place we went. But my neurosurgeon was Dr. Linda Liao. She's one of the best in the country, if not the world. And they did a whole bunch more imaging and testing on my speech and movement and so forth and ended up creating a 3D map. What they did was functional, called functional imaging. And then they created a 3D map because it turned out that my tumor was spread across two areas of my brain. Wow. In my frontal lobe and my temporal lobe. And it was affecting my speech and movement. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And so a few weeks later, I ended up having a craniotomy And when I woke up, I couldn't move or speak again. (laughs) It did take me a few years, but I finally got my speech back. It was very halted for a long time. And I finally got most of my, I got my mobility back on my right side. It took years, (laughs) but yeah, that's, that's like the baseline of my story. (laughs) Um, My stepmom came and stayed with us for seven months while I was going through rehab and so forth, because I couldn't drive, obviously. Also, because when you have a grandma seizure, they take away your license for six months. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I was in bad shape. I was in the hospital for around a month, if not longer. And then I went to outpatient rehabilitation for speech and occupational and physical therapy and so forth. So it was a long, slow process. I didn't work for eight years. My goodness. I I mean, there were other things that happened during that time, like, (laughs) because I spent so much of my life ignoring my body. Mm. I didn't realize I had another huge tumor growing on one of my ovaries and because I had been in pain for so long and I just ignored it while I was working and it had grown to the size of a softball. So I had a hysterectomy (laughs) during that time and other things um, on top of uh, the brain cancer. But yeah, it, it was, it's been a long journey and I recently did return to work this year. So. Wow. Okay. I'm most interested in the things that you must have learned about yourself and your family in those eight years when you, a self-professed workaholic, couldn't do the one thing that you were used to doing constantly. So can you just share a little bit about maybe the unexpected things that you learned about yourself and the people around you from that time period, those eight years? Yes. So (laughs) at first, so I had my surgery, I woke up and I couldn't speak or move. And I also, an added bonus was that I ended up getting diabetes from the steroid that was used to reduce the swelling in my brain. So I'm in the hospital and I was self-isolating because I was used to being the one that helped everyone else. And I didn't, and I didn't want anybody to see me like that. So, um, Although there were a few people from my family that did come to see me, but that was all I allowed. And that was before the pandemic. So I couldn't speak. So I was constantly ringing the bell and couldn't tell the nurses what I wanted, <laughs> which was more often than not to um, to urinate <laughs> Yeah, because of the diabetes and so forth. So at that point, uh, it started to sink in and I got very depressed. And, um, and then eventually I found 
the cancer support community and and so forth. I was going to meetings, but I was very much struggling with my speech. And when I did talk, and this was in speech therapy too, all I wanted to do was get back to work. <laughs> and um, it was kind of funny because I had to relearn everything. Even I remember looking at a computer and typing and all this stuff. It was and it was very, very tiring because I was exhausted from still from the surgery and so forth. So um, basically, I went through a long period of depression because I was an out of work workaholic <laughs> during that time, <laughs> though, because my son, I, because I was so used to always producing my son and I created a book, <laughs> a children's book called that thing on my mom's brain. And wow. we and we gave it to um, a nonprofit called the Musella Foundation for Brain Tumor Research and Information and raised money <laughs> behind the scenes, raised a lot of money through the book, which is more like a, a glorified brochure. <laughs> but at the time, it was a big deal. It was very hard. And and so and it was something that kept me busy. And it was a very good way for my son and I to work through what we both remembered from that night and so yeah. forth. So all this time I was, cause I always feel like I have to accomplish something. So I was <laughs> continuing to go through that process, but it took a long time. And I finally, once I finally accepted that this was what it was, and I had lost my career, I had lost so much, but I didn't die in my son's bed that night. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I, I ended up recreating myself since I used to really use my personality and my voice to connect with people and, and stuff like that. I had to turn to writing and try to find other ways to express myself. So once my voice came back, I can honestly say I'm more well-rounded now than I was before. It's amazing. But most importantly, I, I'm more balanced and centered now than I was ever before. It took, it really took literally being not only knocked upside my head, but <laughs> opening up my head for me to get it. I think that the universe had tried to warn me several times <laughs> that I was yeah. overdoing it. But it took going through all that for me to um, to finally slow down enough. And then I, I learned the value of mindfulness and gratitude. And I'd say like 90% of the time, I live in mindfulness and gratitude. Um, so I'm actually a, probably a better person now because I'm more whole. Because I always define myself by my work. I had to find other ways to define myself, which actually was, I ended up creating a blog and, <laughs> and where I ended up interviewing people who wrote, who authored books about themselves, all cancer survivors or brain tumor survivors. But I was still kind of defining myself by what I did, but having a website and, and stuff like that and writing, these were things that. I never would have done prior to all this. Yeah. So it gave me a new confidence that came from deeper within myself. Yeah. So you have been used to using 
your life experience and specifically your journey with brain cancer to create art and to help others create art. So how did you find the Brushes with Cancer program? <laughs> um, well, one of the people that I interviewed, because um, he was a, he wrote a book called Starting at the Finish Line. His, his name's Matt. And um, so that was several years ago, but I remember he was featured as an inspiration and I made a mental note of it and I started following Twist Out Cancer and the Brushes with Cancer program. And eventually I felt well enough to try for it. Um, so I did. <laughs> and um, I'm so glad that I did. I love that. Yeah. And Naima, how did you find out about the Brushes with Cancer program and Twist Out Cancer? Yeah, I think it was probably the beginning of 2023. Um, and I figured, oh, I haven't been making art as much as I used to. And I kind of want to get back into it. And so I went on to an artist resource website here in Chicago, and I saw that there was a call for art. And so I hadn't heard of Brushes with Cancer, didn't know anything about it. But once I like read the the website and looked at some of the art that was featured and some of the inspirations, I was like, oh, this is really aligned um, because I'm also an art therapist. And so I felt like, oh, okay, this is what I'm doing naturally. So let me go ahead and apply and, and see see what happens. And so I'm really grateful that I came across the page and was able to apply. That's amazing. And I know that they take a lot of care to match the artist and the inspiration and to make sure that it's going to be a good match. And every pair that I've talked to, that has been the case. So what do you think it is about you and your style of art that is uh, going to pair well with Wendy and her story? Yeah, I mean, when you talk to Wendy, it, like I didn't know how they, you know, care people up. But when you hear Wendy speak about her experience and how She's just taking a lot of uh, what she's been through and like turned it into wanting to help amplify other people's voices and just the vibrancy that she exudes when she's sharing about her process and how even, you know, through wanting to like figure out her own healing process, she's still supporting other people. So I wonder if that's how they paired us together, because a lot of my art is really vibrant and I like mm. bright colors, and flowers and things like that. So I wonder if they kind of had a feel for Wendy's, um, just her energy and just the funk and like just what she brings. And I wonder if they paired us in that way. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> what do you think, Wendy? There are, there are many times, I think pretty much every time that Naima and I spoke, we were like, wow, we, we were, I mean, mm -hmm. we were amazed ourselves of how, what, how much we connected and how much we had in common. And we would say, we wonder how they did it. I, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's one of the best, uh, one of the best mysteries. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, a well-known secret. I have no idea off of what we both submitted, how they were able to get a feel for who we were um, <laughs> and, and put us together. It's been so great. Yeah, it sounds like it. So talk me through kind of what this process has been like and maybe what you've gotten to know about each other and how that's sort of deepened the process for the art and maybe learned about each other about art and about cancer itself. 
I think the first time me and Wendy spoke on the phone, we kind of scheduled time together, a nice sunny day in Chicago, and we just like talked and we, you know, asked each other. It wasn't really starting off like, oh, okay, well, let's talk about cancer. It was more so like, who are you as a person? What do you like? What do you enjoy? What things like make you happy? And we just naturally started to talk about artists that we like. And Wendy shared about her family and shared about, of course, how, you know, she found out about the diagnosis, but it wasn't the first thing. And I think we were able just to like bond in that way. And then that for me, you know, we started to share more about our upbringing and just like how we see the world. Uh, also, Wendy started, you know, sharing being a walk- workaholic. And so, you know, I went into therapy mode and like, okay, well, Yes, working is great, but also remember to have balance. And so I think that was helpful in some ways. Uh, And of course, I wanted to like not tell Wendy not to feel how she was feeling. But I also just like you got to give yourself a little bit of grace, you know, and I think that naturally came out in the conversations we were having. And then in the art that I made, Wendy hasn't seen it yet, but the art that I made, I really tried to think about just the softness of not having to like prove yourself, not having to go extra hard, but just to be, to exist, to be nurtured and cared for oh, wow. and supported. And so she hasn't seen the, work, the art yet, but there's, it's a vibrant yellow and there's purples and pinks and it's based off of one of her favorite artists. Oh. So I wanted to just highlight that in the piece. Yeah, just something to really say like, hey, like you don't have to be anything extra. Like you're, you being who you are is enough. And I oh. wanted to support that in the art piece. That's really beautiful. Oh my God, that is. <laughs> and she picked up exactly on what has been my issue this whole time, my mm-hmm. whole life. I've been trying to validate my existence. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Wendy, what else maybe surprised you about participating in this particular program? Because you know, maybe I don't I don't know, but maybe you came into it being like, you know, I know what it's like to talk about my experience with people and to look to make something creative that can be shared. But it, every experience is obviously different. And I'm wondering what surprised you about this experience that you had with Naima? Oh, um, well, I I found out that I was selected I think the week before I found out about my job (laughs) and (laughs) I'm working for the American Brain Tumor Association, which is just the best fit. And um, it was very natural because I was volunteering for years during my recovery. So when Naima and I started talking, I was just getting used to being back in the workforce again. And even though I love what I do, I was extremely, extremely tired and I was beating myself up for it. Even though my organization hired me knowing that I'm a survivor and it's a great fit because I'm a survivor and I can give that firsthand experience. I was really getting upset with myself for needing to take naps and um, and Naima introduced me to the nap ministry, (laughs) which I follow on Instagram now. And I've become more gentle with myself because I, I am working from home for the most part, unless there's a big event. I have two coming up that 
I need to do. And I'll see how I do physically with those. But my job is really good about working with me, meeting me where I, I am. And so I'm having a good experience emotionally. And I really needed this. But I've Naima has helped me to learn to not be so hard on myself. And so I do take naps, but I still get way more done because I'm working from home and I'll just get up and, and continue doing whatever work I have to do. And um, last month I found out about a new cancer <laughs> diagnosis. Mm. It's a blood cancer called chronic lymphocytic lymphoma. And I had just graduated to annual brain MRIs. So when I found out about it, the first person I thought of was Naima in terms of someone to talk to and talk it through with. And I'm fortunate because I don't need treatment at this time. It's something that it's really a chronic illness that another thing to manage. And I may need treatment at some point, but it's a, it's very slow growing. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's the difference too, is that I'm able to have, uh, I'm able to look at the, it, it took me about a week to turn my thoughts around and to find the positives, but there are positives and yeah, I, I'm scared of what the treatment will look like, but I, I rarely think about it yeah. On my, in my day to day, which was, which is completely different than the first few years after mm -hmm. having brain surgery. Every time I went for an MRI, I had um, what they call in the cancer world, scanxiety, that big time, like a week before I would get really upset. And it, because it, it's, it's very, what I went through was extremely traumatic and it would, it was like having PTSD. <laughs> yeah. In in that fear of it coming back, which it it can still come back too. So um Yeah. It's like you said, it's a lot to manage. Yeah. But yeah. um but my son just graduated high school. He's he's <laughs> um in college now at our local city college. He's there tonight. Aww. Um and he's working and stuff. So at this point. I'm still glad I didn't die in his bed <laughs> and that he's, he's gone on and he's, he has a solid foundation and, um, and I have time to like, to tell people how I feel. That was the first thing I did really when, after my first diagnosis was I re reached out to people and I said, I love you and, and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah. I have the time that if any of it, something can happen to any of us at any time. Yeah. And if, let's say I was shot or hit by a bus, I wouldn't have the time that I had. So it's a gift to have that time. Yeah. Well, what would you tell anyone who is considering or thinking about getting involved with Brushes with Cancer or any of the other Twist Out Cancer programs and initiatives? that maybe you have been involved with since then or, you know, anything like that? I would say um, do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've already recruited a couple of my artist friends and cancer friends. I was at a point in my journey where I was already open and in a good mental space about it because 
I know that there is support there if you're not as far along in your journey as I am or was when we started this. So I would say do it if you're a cancer survivor or an artist. It's a great experience. Well, I can't speak as an artist, but (laughs) I'm going to take the initiative and and say that it's a great experience for both. (laughs) And what would you say, Naima, to artists who are out there or maybe even other people who you know who might be dealing with cancer in their own lives? Yeah, I mean, I think just having the opportunity to meet Wendy and support her and she supported me. I had my own scare during this time. And so just having the space to be creative and do it alongside someone with them in mind is a beautiful journey. And so I say to any artist that's interested or someone who might be interested in applying, I say go for it and explore and be open to to just learning more about people and just how creativity can really be a vessel for um, healing. I think that's the ultimate thing. Like we were able to like begin some healing things together through yeah. our work. So I so appreciate that. Well, that's incredible. Well, is there anything else that either of you would like to say before we close out this episode? I just want to say Wendy did great. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, I cannot wait to see my art. I was practically tearing up when you were talking about it. Wow, you just hit the core of what I really need right now (laughs) and I'm ready for I've needed it my whole life but I'm ready for it and um oh my gosh you're the best Naima and um (laughs) thank you (laughs) Lindsay you have a great voice (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) well thank both of you for coming here and talking with me and I am so excited for you to see your art. It sounds beautiful. Yeah. Thank you you all so much. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. 